Hey, what's going on, guys? Some of you might recognize our guest today. She is a local artist. She also owns the illustration company Pen and Pine and has been heavily involved in the Eureka Street Art Festival and now Project Eureka, which seeks to beautify our humble city. I had a great time talking with her. I really enjoyed hearing about, you know, what Project Eureka is trying to accomplish, and I'm really excited to see where they go with that. So please give it up for Jenna Katsos. Okay, so talk to me about Project Eureka. How did the idea come come to fruition? Yeah, so I have lived in Eureka now for about five years, and it always has had a bit of a bad rap. You know, people love to hate Eureka, and yeah. I um, I'm always kind of thinking of little things that that I can do to help. Um, make the city a more lovable place. And most recently, I was driving through Oregon and Washington along the 101 through those states. And there are tons of these adorable little towns that have the 101 running through them. And I think that's one of the things we often um, point to as a reason why Eureka is not the cutest place and um, at least along those sections and so I was driving through and I just got so inspired because there's so many easy things that we can do to make that section of Eureka so much cuter and for so many people that's the only spot that they see they see the 101 they see Broadway and they never turn off and my thought was if we can do a couple of these low-hanging projects and get people to slow down and think, wow, this is a really cute town. I wonder what else is going on. Turn off the 101, explore, park and explore. You know, we'll be so much better off as a city. And so that was kind of the inspiration behind starting this project. I mean, it definitely sounds like a great idea, right? I mean, I always go back to thinking of like Eugene, Oregon or Sacramento, where you have, you know, trees lining the streets and you just get a great feeling like you just want to walk around and explore. And mm-hmm. like you said, downtown kind of has a bad rap, especially for Eureka. And it would be interesting to see what you guys could do with that and see how you could kind of make it a little more attractive, especially where you're right on the water like that. I mean, it's a beautiful area. Mm-hmm. If we could just put a little bit of work into it, for sure. Yeah. And when you think about it, there's there's a lot of reasons why it's not a super welcoming area. There's three lanes of traffic cruising through there. You know, it's it's hard to really make an area look quaint and lovely when there's roads like that. And there's a lot that we can't change, unfortunately. Yeah. But there is a lot that we can change. And so that's the hope. <laughs> so what is your guys' idea? What do you hope to do to kind of beautify it? Yeah, so we've got a list of projects. The full list can be found on our website, but some of them are um, banners on the light poles. So that whole section has these really cute, ornate light poles that you've probably never noticed. Um, And so we really want to play those up. So um, colorful banners and hanging baskets with flowers off those. Um, And then we also want to work with the city, and the city is mainly leading this one, but beautifying those wayfinding kiosks, which you also may have never noticed, or perhaps you've noticed and wondered what in the world 
are those? Yes. They, they look like spaceships. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Uh-huh. And so the city is working on those um, primarily. Um, but then we also want to do some lights in the trees along there, a lot of landscaping. So there's a lot of privately owned plots um, in front of different businesses. And then there are some city-owned plots and some planters and all sorts of opportunities for really great landscaping that just need to be kicked up a notch. So we're excited to work on those too. And then we've got things like benches that need a little bit of love and um, I'm already working with the city to replace some of the garbage cans throughout there that are a little bit, um, you know, used. <laughs> so is this is this just private citizens kind of rallying together? Are you guys an organization? Um, I mean, we're an organization in the loosest sense of the term. Okay. <laughs> we're organized. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's just citizens. Um, it's myself and Alana Powell, who works with Humboldt Maid and the Visitor Center. And um, we are rallying a bunch of volunteers and working closely with the city. And yeah, it's it's just us hustling to get things done. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so how are you guys how are you guys raising money? Is it all just crowdfunding at this point? So we're starting off with crowdfunding because we really want the um, we want people to feel ownership over this. We want them to be excited about it. And so we've started with a social media campaign and crowdfunding and we've already raised over five thousand dollars. And oh, wow. It, oh, uh, we awesome. haven't, yeah, we haven't even broken a sweat yet, so it's not bad. Um, and then in the new year, we're going to start reaching out to the businesses that are located along this section because it's it's primarily it is entirely commercial, um, and they'll have a vested interest in it. And we already have a handful of business sponsors as well with in kind and cash sponsorship. And so, um, doing a little bit of that, maybe apply for some grants and kind of play it by ear as we go forward. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fantastic. I think encouraging the public to put a little skin in the game, I guess, for lack of a better word, really motivates everyone to, you know, participate. And then you get a benefit from from the aftermath of that for sure. Yeah. And, you know, the city does a lot of beautification projects, but they don't often um, kind of scream it from the rooftops. And I mm -hmm. think people often don't notice. And so that's another component of this is just really shining a light on things that are already happening in the city, either the city or other organizations, because there are a lot of organizations that do beautification. And we want to kind of get everyone moving in the same direction and then also help the public understand that these things are always going on and we shouldn't be so down on Eureka all the time. <laughs> Has Eureka done anything like this before? Because I know this, I mean, coming into contact with you guys, that was my first introduction to kind of beautifying a city, I guess. Yeah, so... um the city has definitely done beautification projects before. A lot of it has been focused on um, Old Town and um, kind of that area. Henderson Center has a merchants association that does a great job keeping that area really beautiful. Um, Keep Eureka Beautiful is an organization that has done a lot. They mainly plant street trees. So anytime you see, um, especially in residential areas, folks who have cut out the sidewalk and planted trees in there, that's Keep Eureka Beautiful. So there's a lot of people who've been doing this kind of work for a while. And um, unfortunately, not a lot of it has been focused on the, the section that we are looking at for this first year. 
But the city is also moving forward, going to be putting a lot more energy and funds towards beautification. And it's always something that kind of falls um, pretty low on the list of priorities. And I'm hoping that we can really start to prioritize it more because it's really important. It's not just, you know, something that makes things look pretty. It really impacts the economy and especially for tourism, which is something that we really rely on. It's super important to pull people in and make them stay here longer. Yeah, there definitely is that argument, right? Of if you're going into an area that looks a little sketchy or isn't the cleanest, you don't really want to spend a lot of time there for sure. Yeah. And, you know, we have really beautiful weather for a lot of the year here, but for a chunk of the year, it's pretty gray and dreary. And part of this is just brightening it up, you know, adding color and some pops of color either through the banners or the landscaping and all of that and just making it look a little more cheerful, (laughs) I think will really go a long way. And not just for tourists. This is also something that benefits residents. You know, it can really raise morale if you're hanging out in these areas and walking through them and it really looks lovely. It mm-hmm. makes you want to it makes you want to go more often. It makes you want to take care of it. Yeah. Are you I know you guys want to start in Old Town in that downtown area. Is there any kind of grand scheme of moving out into the rest of the city or do you guys have any yeah, direction so- with that? We have um we have a lot of ideas. <laughs> um no no firm plans, I'll say, but we um we want to start and really focus on small areas because when we put all of our energy into those small areas, we're hoping it'll make a really big impact. And once we make the impact in one area, we absolutely plan to move on and and work in other areas. Um I also organize the Eureka Street Art Festival and we yes, have Yes, I was going to want to talk to you about that too. We've got the same approach with that of like focusing on a really focused area and um, and really putting all the energy into it so that it looks incredible when you're done. And then the next year focusing on another space. So that is the goal. <laughs> Taking baby steps. Yeah, I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Speaking of the street art festival, how did that come? How did you get the idea for that? Because I love that. I've always loved, especially the murals that we have downtown. That was kind of my favorite part. Mm-hmm. of going down there as a kid was getting to see the murals and stuff. And then with the street art festival, I mean, that's just a great new introduction for a lot of people. Yeah. So um, that started, gosh, we're coming into our fourth year this next summer, which is pretty crazy. Um, but it started with a group of folks who wanted to do something that would um, help the local economy and also the local art scene and to build on something that Eureka is already doing really well, which is murals. We have a lot. We've had them for a long time and we have a ton of artists and it just seemed kind of like a really good cohesive plan that brought all those things together. I kind of got roped in um, by a friend who then later bowed out and I remained. Um, but now there's there's three of us who organize that and it's, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's fun working with different areas of the city, different um, neighborhoods and figuring out what they'd like to see and working with the artists and then seeing the pieces go up, even when like I'm there for the whole process and I pull it along. It's always surprising to see the pieces go up. And so, yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. And we just started planning for next year. So we're, we're still making it happen. Oh, that's good. Has COVID posed any new challenges i would assume with that 
Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it has its mainly, way of doing that. <laughs> mainly all of us organizers are just tired from the challenges in everyday life. And so um, getting the energy to, to keep doing other organizing is pretty exhausting. But Yeah, um, I can only imagine. Yeah, and then every step of the way is harder now. And um, I'd say planning for next year, the most challenging thing is the unknown. We don't know where we're going to be next summer. We don't know... Uh, what we're going to be able to do or if we're going to be able to gather. And so we're we're planning the murals and we hope we can also plan a party, but we'll kind of wait and see. Mm-hmm. Have you guys tried, I mean, do you guys tap the local artistry for the beautification project you're trying to do with Project Eureka? Have they come into play with that as well? Um, Not directly, but um, we've had a lot of folks reach out to us and say like, I'm an artist, what can I do? And we're thinking um, there's going to be some painting projects and probably not the highest uh, level of creativity involved, but we want to paint some benches and paint some concrete planters and things like that. Um, With Project Eureka, we're really thinking about things that will be easy to maintain. And the murals are a little bit on the harder side to maintain. If they get tagged, we have to get out there and really fix them up. And um, we've had to repaint some sections of them that have really gotten tagged. And um, older murals need to be repainted every, you know, couple of decades. Mm. <laughs> um, so we're, we're really aiming towards the, the super easy to maintain for Project Eureka. But we are planning to put some murals in that section of the city for next year's street art festival. So um, kind of making things go hand in hand. Oh, that's great. <laughs> for sustainability, I guess, is that going to be you guys maintaining all that? Or is this, are you guys hoping the city's going to help out there? How is that going to play out? It really depends on each project. Um, we sat down with a, th- a lot of folks at the city a couple weeks ago and went um, bullet point by bullet point through our list of projects because obviously they're a partner in this and, and if they um, if they don't think we should do a project, then we're not going to do it. And so we talked through all of them and they're going to help out with some of them and um, we're going to help them with some of them and they're going to maintain some of them and we're going to maintain some of them. So it's a bit um, piece by piece, but we are also going to be creating a lot of maintenance plans and working with different organizations to help us maintain them. Because in the end, I mean, we're just two people organizing it. Um, we, we've we had an incredible response from folks who want to volunteer. We have over 70 people who've already signed up. Oh, wow. And Yeah, it seems like people are really ready to get involved and they just need to be told what to do. And so hopefully some of those volunteers will be into a little bit of maintenance as well. Are you guys worried about the graffiti aspect at all? Because I know that is a pretty big problem here locally. Yeah, I, I'm i not. Um, I was a little worried when we started at the Street Art Festival because those pieces are like intricate and a lot of them are done by folks from out of town and then they leave and obviously they're not going to come back every time that gets tagged. Yeah. Um, but we only have had a couple of instances of graffiti on those and we get out quick and we clean them up and we found that um, – we tend to like to paint murals on walls that get tagged a lot. Um, and once they're painted, they don't get tagged nearly as much. And so there's a respect from that community for artwork for the most part. Um, not always, unfortunately, but we found that they don't get tagged nearly as much and it definitely tapers off. I haven't cleaned up graffiti off of any of our pieces in a while. 
and I feel like I'm definitely jinxing myself. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, um, it feels good to, to put things out there and to have it be respected by all as like all parts of our community. Yeah, that's great. I wonder if that just stems from, you know, there being more outlets for art now, especially with the city and stuff allowing that. And then, so you almost don't have to put up as many tags everywhere. There's kind of that mutual yeah. respect for the art, I think. I I think so too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I I never really thought about that, but because you think the amount of time that you invest into creating one of those murals, it would be a shame for that to happen. So that's good that it doesn't seem like it's that often, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I know the city. Um, they did the utility box program, and there's a lot of those painted utility boxes. And while some of them have gotten tagged and messed with a bit, um, for the most part, they haven't. And I, I think we tend to focus on the negatives often. We're like, my God, can you believe that got tagged? And you're like, yeah, but 47 others didn't. And I I think that that's um, – it's powerful to focus on that aspect. <laughs> yeah, you got to look at the positive. Mm-hmm. That's another great project that the city did. Was that yeah. utility box program? I thought that was fantastic. I didn't. I actually anticipate liking it when I first heard about it. I was like, "Oh, that seems <laughs> kind of like a waste of time," but it turned out great. I mean, some of the pieces that were done on them were incredible. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, there are a lot of folks who, when these projects start, they're not super excited. They're they like, kind of drag oh. their feet. Yeah, I don't think that we need that or all these things. And and I think for the most part, people like it when they see it. And I think that. There's a lot that we can do to brighten up the city. And you may not think it's a great idea when it starts, but hopefully you're feeling more on board once you see it. <laughs> so I know that you're an artist yourself, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that's where all this kind of stems from? Is you just your love of art and you're just trying to share that with everyone? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I it's funny because I, I am an artist um, and I think that art is really powerful. I also come at all of this from um, like an economic development standpoint and I think it can be really powerful in that way. I think that art often gets kind of pushed to the side as like, well, it's pretty, um, you know, but that's kind of the end of the story. And I think that it can be so much more powerful in really bringing people together and making this place somewhere really special. And I I definitely did not conceive of any of these projects from um, the perspective of an artist. They definitely came more as like, what can we do to help the community? And it just so happened that um, one of them is very art-based and the other is very visual, but um, a little less art-based. So Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys... That's interesting you say that because art does kind of get pushed to the side. It seems like art and music and kind of those more expressive programs, especially in like schools and stuff. And now with COVID and everything happening, are you guys getting a lot of pushback from people about like time that we should be investing it somewhere else or anything? Or everyone seems to be fairly on board. You know, it, it's funny that you say that because I almost feel like people are more on board now. Um, I think that people are seeing the value in these things. I think people are getting out and walking a lot more, um, at least I am, than before all of this started. And um, as we're walking around these neighborhoods, I think people really appreciate this art. And 
it really makes them feel proud to be from this place and to be living in this place. And I think that that's more important now than ever. I think that people are appreciating the little joys in life. And um, these are some of those little joys for them. (laughs) That's an interesting point, right? It's almost like with COVID, we almost need it more now. Or people can appreciate it more now because, you know, you're so stressed out in your everyday life that when you see a mural or you see one of those (laughs) utility boxes, it kind of just changes your perspective for that moment and kind of makes you think, okay, yeah, like I'm not worrying about my problems right now. I'm just looking and enjoying this piece. Yeah. Yeah. And like heading into the last street art festival um, this last summer, a lot of people were pushing back against it. And I think that at first they were like, how could you possibly be having a festival right now? That's so irresponsible. And we were like, yeah, festival's a misnomer. It we're calling it a festival, but no part of it is a gathering. Um, and then after the fact, we got so much positive feedback from people saying like, my God, we needed this and we just needed something good to happen this summer and we needed something else to focus on and it's so nice to get out and do something. And um, it was really powerful because we really considered not doing it because everything was harder. And sometimes when things are really hard, you just want to not do them. And um, it was very nice to have so much positive feedback from the community. Oh, that's cool. That's good. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, I definitely, it kind of puts it into a weird perspective when you bring COVID into the mix, right? And you're not really sure how people are going to handle things that have been around or new changes and so hearing that the community kind of rallied behind that is that's good to hear. I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do outside of this? Would you are you just a full time artist? Yeah, oh, okay. um, I am. Wow. <laughs> I'm an illustrator and I um, I run a business called Pen and Pine and I make a bunch of products um, that I sell locally and uh, throughout the country and they um they focus on a lot of nature stuff, a lot of kind of whimsical stuff. And um, yeah, I do commission work as well. All sorts of, I just like to draw. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I've been, it, you're almost in a perfect place for that, right? I hear a lot of people really enjoy coming here because it's just kind of like an arty community, especially up in Arcata. I mean, you really get the feeling of that up there. Yeah. And it's something that we really talk about here in Humble is the artist community and that was another nice thing about um, organizing the street art festival is like we are always touting this incredible community of artists. And it's the kind of thing that if we don't invest in it, how do we expect it to stay around? And so it's nice to really do something that's injecting money back into our local arts community so that people can afford to make a living as an artist here. And because I think people love the idea that like, oh, there's so many artists. They they love us around like we're a um, – you know, a fun little fixture. Uh, (laughs) But in the end, it is something that takes a lot of maintenance to have a lot of artists in your community. And it's something that you have to invest in. And um, it's nice that the Street Art Festival can do that. It's like the idea of of like small businesses, like everyone likes to tout it. And then Mm -hmm. nobody wants to go and pay a few bucks extra for their meal. They're like, (laughs) Oh, I could just go to McDonald's and get that burger for $2, you know? Yeah. Has the has the artist community been hurt at all by COVID or have they have they been able to rally? Um, definitely, definitely struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I've been really lucky and um, I, yeah, just super lucky. Um, but I know that a lot of people are struggling and 
a lot of people who make their income from um, events. I know a lot of local painters who do a lot of events. There aren't events. Um, a lot of folks who have their work in galleries. There aren't shows. So a lot of forms of income for artists have really gone away. And luckily, there have been a couple of different um, support systems that have popped up to help support them. But they are certainly struggling. All the artists I know, um, it's a tough time. It's a tough time for everyone. Um, and it's a tough time for artists. <laughs> yeah. So by support systems, do you mean have they been like virtual showings? And things yeah. like that? Or? Yeah, a lot of creative things, um, a lot of grants, a lot of um, – because also not all artists qualify for unemployment um, if they're self-employed. And luckily there have been some changes to unemployment that allow people to apply. But um, yeah, it – the, the normal support systems um, in our society don't always exist for artists and for people who are self-employed. And um, there have been a lot of folks who have stepped up to, to do things to support them. I know the Ink People has put together a collection for artists and there are other kind of income sources and creative ways that people have been trying to make ends meet. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. Yet you don't really get that perspective. I mean, when you said you know, an artist, and then you think of like, a freelance worker, like someone who's self employed artist isn't really the first thing that comes to mind, but they definitely fall into that category, you know, they just kind of yeah. almost fall to the side and people don't really think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be hard. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, is Arcata trying to do anything like this? Are you guys reaching out with them too? Or you're just going to try to start in Eureka? Um, we're starting in Eureka. I'm very partial to Eureka. Um, but, you know, Arcada is doing a, a lot of this as well. And I know their Main Street, Arcada Main Street, does a lot um, to support. And there are some really interesting ideas that they're working with for the plaza and to utilize that space a little more effectively. And, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely working on a lot of fun things, too. Yeah, Arcada seems like it'd be the birthplace for a lot of artistic outreach for sure mm -hmm. yeah i know that they're um talking about doing a mural festival as well that's one of the fun things it's been really fun to see there's actually like a couple that are trying to get started locally and um it's it's exciting to see it, people look at what we're doing and see how successful it is and want to implement it themselves oh that's great you guys are kind of like the model for the rest of humble yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I kind of wonder how many mural festivals our county can support, but I'm excited to see it. <laughs> when you guys, when you put on a festival like the mural one, are you guys, how is that funded? Are you guys paying the artists or is it all volunteer work? What what goes into that? Oh, we pay the artists. That's our um, kind of our biggest expense is paying the artists. So we um, fundraise and we... Um, get a grant and we get sponsorship from businesses and um, the property owners that are getting the murals on their buildings usually contribute a bit. And then, um, yeah, we, <laughs> we pool it all together and we see how many murals we can afford and we pay the artists by the square foot. So the bigger the mural, the more they get paid. And um, we pay people pretty well. We pay them on par with other mural festivals around the world because we wanted to be competitive so that we could draw in folks internationally. And um, so far, it's worked. Oh, wow. Are we getting people internationally coming over to do that? Yeah. So this uh, last summer, we didn't because we didn't want to encourage people to travel during a global pandemic. Understandably. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, the year before, we had three people from Canada and uh, one woman from Argentina and then folks from all over the U.S. as well. We had someone from Miami and from Washington and from L.A. And um, and then we always also focus on having half the artists be local. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's like a nice balance of bringing in fresh perspectives and yet still, you know, providing an outreach for the local citizens to yeah, kind of participate and I- in that. I think it's so cool to to see the work that folks who are not from here create when they come here. And there were a lot of really interesting pieces where they were inspired by our local scenery and the history and the stories they were hearing. And so they created these pieces that really tell the story of Eureka from someone else's perspective, which I think is such an interesting thing to have. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like we're building our art collection. We're collecting pieces from all these awesome artists from around the world. It's like such a neat thing to think about. It's got to be hard, sort of like a double-edged sword after you put up a mural <laughs> and then having to paint over and put up a new one. And it's like, oh, but you you almost want that rebirth of a new perspective, I guess, in a way. That's kind of the beauty yeah. of art is you get something new out of it each time. And that's one of the reasons that we called it the street art festival and not a mural festival. I think when people think of murals, they are a fixture that'll be there forever. Whereas I think street art has a little more of like an ephemeral quality of it's going to change. And we um, we haven't painted over any pieces yet, but we have five-year agreements with all of the property owners. And so there's always the possibility that we could. And I think that there's something really exciting about freshening it up and keeping it changing and i know that makes a lot of people really nervous but <laughs> yeah people seem to struggle with change sometimes huh mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> i think if if we can pull anything from COVID, is that you know we're all going to be really well acquainted with change by the time this mm-hmm. is all done for sure yeah i wonder if people will embrace it more or if they'll be like i've had enough of that and i would like things to never change yeah, again <laughs> to go back that's the thing is what who knows what life is even going to look like after all this? Like, what are we? What normal is going to be after? Yeah, are we gonna? Are we gonna I, be able? I to... think it's so funny. People keep saying like, "Yeah, when we're back to normal and back to normal." Yeah, it's what like, does that I mean? We've been away from normal for so long. I don't think it exists anymore. Like, I think that there there will be a new normal. Yes. Also, I think that there's a lot of potential to make things better than they were before, and I I think. I hope we take advantage of that and we don't just do it all how we used to do it. <laughs> that's that's definitely one of the positive ways you could look at it, right? Is that we are in this hardship, but in these dark times, there's always that opportunity to come out stronger for it and to do something better than we came in with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are hoping that that's that's the direction we take. Obviously, nobody wants it to be worse or stay like this for much longer, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's also going to be interesting because we've kind of, we were at, at, you could say, normal, and we really dipped down to some, like, tough times, and I think no matter where we go from here, it will be up, and hopefully we'll get kind of back to where we were, and maybe even above, but I I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to shake things up, um, because people are always so averse to change, and as as someone who is not from Humboldt, um, trying to make this a better place is sometimes a struggle because a lot of people are like what do you think you're doing you're not from here and um it's it's an interesting 
struggle. <laughs> a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot, it's a minority of people, but they're very loud, do say that, mm. right? Whenever you try to instill change, especially if you're not from the place where you're trying to make the change, they're like, what do you, this is our town. Like, what are you trying to do to it? Are you trying to change it? We don't want that. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten a lot of pushback on that sense of, because where you're not from Humboldt. Where are you from? I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, really? I'm not even from this coast. Oh, wow. I mean. <laughs> you traded up for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that one of the things that helps me is I always partner with a lot of people. I, I don't do these projects on my own, um, mainly because I that's insane. I don't have the time. It'd be um, way too much work. Way too much. Um, but I, I try to partner with people who are from here and who, ha- who come from different communities um, here. And so you know, as a whole, we are a stronger unit. Um, I also think that it's not like I am coming in and just um, changing all these things. It's like, they, these are little things. And, um, and hopefully, it's for the better. And hopefully, most people can see that. Every once in a while, I do get comments about like, why are you doing this? You should be doing this other thing instead. And that one always makes me laugh because I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of things that we could all be doing. These are the things I'm doing. Yes. Like, why don't you go do this? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Why don't you say, hey, why don't you get involved? You could start that up for sure. I think people often assume that I work for the city or um, or that I'm pulling some cool paycheck from all this. And it's like, this is all volunteer stuff. And I just see these things and, and think they could be done. And I, I hope that other people will start to do the same because I think that that's what makes a really vibrant community. I think often, though, people are like, hey, you, go do that other thing. And I'm like, no. Yeah, everybody <laughs> you, wants to. You do it. Everyone wants to point out the direction we should go right but nobody wants to put in the work to actually get there mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like you can you can steer the ship um if you just jump on board <laughs> yeah you just gotta put a little skin in the game and help out and we'll get there uh-huh. <laughs> one of the things i actually do like about covid which is a very short list is that it seems like <laughs> art in all forms has really come to the the front scene for a lot of people everyone's looking at I mean, you know, these Netflix shows that have taken over because we're all sitting at home Mm. watching Netflix or, you know, the artwork online, all these different mediums that people have invested their time into. I think I think that's something that's really cool. And you could look at that in a positive way is that art has morphed in a lot of ways. You know, it's taken on Mm. this online perspective which might not have happened if not for COVID. I mean, obviously Netflix was around and it'll be around, but (laughs) these cultural moments that we all experienced with like Tiger King and Mm -hmm. the Epstein documentary moments that I think were reinforced by COVID because we couldn't do anything else. So we were all a part of those those times. Yeah, I, I think that it has definitely forced people to make things more accessible, which I hope that we maintain after we get out of this, Um, you know, I, I think we live in an era where you don't need to be right where something is happening in order to appreciate it. And I think that this has really forced people to make more things available online and um, do all these things. That it's surprising we hadn't already gotten there because it's 2020. Um, I know with the Street Art Festival, we really had to think about how to make things accessible to people who didn't want to come out, um, who didn't feel comfortable coming out and walking around. And so we did a lot more digital content. We did a lot more videos. And um I think that that's something we're certainly going to continue to do in the future. 
I also feel like, you know, when you were talking about the um, the Tiger King documentary and all these things, it was something about like the early days of COVID really reminded me about like growing up in the 90s when like everyone has the same, you know, so many TV stations and like everything is on, you know, Tuesday at eight o'clock, everyone's watching the same thing. And like there was this feeling in that era of like, we're all kind of living the same culture. And there was like a lot more in common. And I felt that again in the beginning of COVID. And it was something kind of enjoyable about that of like, there's such a shared experience going on right now that I feel like it is so rare in this era where we're all consuming different media and content and we're all living our own lives. And suddenly we're all forced into like a very similar existence and we're all going through the same struggles. And, you know, I, I would... um put that at the top of my short list of things that I've enjoyed about COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's interesting. It does it's reminiscent of a time like that in that we're all so close together. We're all living, you know, a portion of the same life because we're all locked down. We're all going through this <laughs> together. We're all embracing the suck together. And <laughs> at first it seemed like that was bringing us closer together. Now it seems a little bit more like we're all at each other's throats. People are starting to get a little aggro with it for sure. Mm-hmm. But at, in the beginning, I I had high hopes with it. It felt like we were all rallying <laughs> together. I would uh-huh. definitely remember that. Now it's just, now it's kind of taking the opposite turn. But we'll see. Yeah, we need another Tiger King. Yes. We need, <laughs> to yeah, bring we need, us all together again. I don't know if you could make another Tiger King. That was... That was something in and of itself. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that carries over into next year. Especially yeah. with this still going on and with the vaccine rolling out now where where that'll take us. Yeah. And I, I think I've been part of a lot of really interesting conversations locally about, um, you know, what we're going to do as a community and a county um, moving forward and to deal with this and to make sure that we survive this and and that businesses survive this. And I am really interested to see how Humboldt rebounds and and how we do and um, kind of what comes out of this. I, I am hopeful <laughs> and I, I really – I'm hoping that this will be an opportunity and not necessarily just a, a negative impact locally. Yeah, I think we're all hoping that. That would definitely be <laughs> the most positive thing that we could gain from this for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think people like you guys and what you're doing, I think that kind of paves the path for others to follow. I think that'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I'm very excited. Yeah, I hope it'll be kind of a bright spot. I think it will be. I think it'll be we'll I think it'll be interesting to see. You guys are going to start in 2021, right? The spring? Yeah. Yeah, um we're waiting for the rain to stop to really get our hands dirty. Get going. Um okay. yeah, but we're we're doing a lot of work already. I'm working with the city um and Eddie Alexander to design the um banners that are going to go up and uh, we're hustling for money and <laughs> and we're uh getting folks signing up as volunteers and so we're really going to hit the ground running in 2021. Okay. Which is really soon. <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard to believe that Christmas is a few days away. I know. I don't know if I'll ever get used to this in California, that um, the shift of the seasons is not as obvious, and the year just kind of, like, moves along, and suddenly you're like, wait a second. It's been a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like California more than Massachusetts? Oh, that is a tough question. Um, I, 
I like it very much. I'm very happy to live here. It's hard to say more then. Um, but I do miss the snow and I miss the seasons. But then at the same time, I love that I can go outside year round and I don't have to shovel yeah. and I and I can wear the same clothes year round. <laughs> so yeah, it, there's a strong um, a strong argument for this place. <laughs> yeah, people take clothes especially for granted. I was going to school in New York for a little bit. And that was one of the worst things is you'd have to layer up because you're walking outside and it's snowing and yeah. it's freezing. And then you get inside and you got to strip off all your layers because it's 100 degrees inside the building. And it's that constant yeah. battle of, OK, now I'm sweating. I have to pull off clothes. OK, we're back outside. Let's put on the clothes. And just the expense of owning that much clothing. Yes. And then, I mean, the summers are hot, too. And so owning the clothing for that as well. And then having the storage space for all that clothing, like... You never think about it, but there's a lot about clothing. Yeah. Here you just need <laughs> t-shirts, jeans, and a jacket, and you're fine year-round. You're going to make it. Seriously. And really nothing beats the gardening uh, weather out here. Like, I have a bomb garden that I could only have for, like, maybe six months of the year in Massachusetts. And here it's, like, basically a 12-month garden. And, like, that's unbeatable. Yeah, that's definitely a plus. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Is there? Do you have a website where people can find you and find your organization and stuff? Yeah. So for Project Eureka, it's projectEurekaCA.com. And I would encourage folks to follow us on Instagram. We're just project.eureka. And that's where we do most of our updates and all of that. And um, same for the Eureka Street Art Festival. It's EurekaStreetArtFestival.com. And on Instagram, we're the Eureka Street Art Festival. So okay. easy to find. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time talking with you. My pleasure. My pleasure.